Robert Dunn here, one of the hosts of the All Black Podcast. This podcast talks to some of the greats of the game, the characters, the players, the coaches, and hopes to give an insight into our national game. Today we talk to Crusader and All Black Will Jordan via Zoom. A little bit of a bad line at times, but a great chat. In the first half of the show, we talk about the second season of Super Rugby Aotearoa and the Crusaders versus the Chiefs final. We also look forward to Super Rugby Trans-Tasman and the Crusaders' first match against the Brumbies at home. In the second half of the show, we talk to Will's career to date. His rugby journey from being a young fella in Christchurch to being a Marco, a Crusader, and making his All Black debut in 2020 against Australia and Brisbane, making him All Black number 1191. Enjoy the pod, listen on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you get your favourite podcasts. <laughs> yes, boy, you've got to enjoy that. There's McKenzie, space again, gets the pass away for a huge amount going on in rugby lately. Firstly, massive congratulations to the Blues and Chiefs women's team for an outstanding inaugural Super Rugby Wahine match. Hopefully the first of many. The girls absolutely ripped it up at the Garden of Eden. And great to have TJ Perinara re-sign for the All Blacks in New Zealand rugby for the next two and a half years, taking him up to the World Cup 2023 in France. Great interview with him on the Waddle podcast with James Marshall if you want to grab some more details. Black Ferns and All Black Sevens have locked in matches against Australia in Auckland. May 21st to 23rd, with only two months to go until the Olympics. Great preparation for them. And also great is the announcement that Caleb Clark and Antini Nani Satoru are joining the All Black Sevens. Huge boost for them, and they put their name in the hat for selection, join the squad down on the mount. And lastly, All Black 941, Jonah Lomu, would have been 46 today, ripped big man. He scored 37 tries and 63 tests for the ABs, one of the greats. And I've got Will Jordan joining me today. Will, your memories of Big Jonah? Yeah, like you say, I was a pretty young man when he was sort of rolling through with the All Blacks and um, pretty watched many of his games live, but I think it's hard to get past uh, watching footage of that game he had against England at the World Cup. Um, just seemed like he absolutely terrorised opposition. Uh, a couple of great tries there, I'm sure. It was a real fullback nightmare cup against him, so please never had to, but uh, I think as well as that, just a real global icon. Um, teams were everywhere around the world. Everyone knew his name, everyone knew what he was about. So, yeah, true growth of the game. First rugby superstar, really, wasn't he? Paved the way for sort of global rugby superstars. He was, he was a hell of a name. And, mate, how, what sort of nick are you in? I know you had a massive weekend, and we're going to talk about that um, in a little bit. But you've been able to uh, decompress a little bit, get out on the golf course with the lads today, is it? Yeah, it was sort of a hectic last three or four days after the Super Finals. So it was nice to be able to get out today and play a little bit of golf. Um, always had a good day back in rugby park on Monday and Tuesday, refocusing for the Trans-Tasman Comprehead. But... At the same time, it was nice always getting away from the game, locking golf, so good to get you on a bit of a wet crash each day and get stuck in. Is it a regular golf group? Have you got a good haggle going on, or is it the same bunch of fellas you go out with that you're always trying to knock over on a Wednesday? Um, yeah, it's the usual four of us who get out uh, most weeks and have a wee annual trip down to Queenstown to settle a few bets. Um, myself and Dave Pavilli, the 15s, up against the 9s, uh, Mitchell Drummond and Bryn Hall, so plenty of bandits getting thrown around there. Unfortunately, Brynner and uh, Drummy are Got a couple of nickel, niggles at the moment, so they're a bit out of action. So, put plenty of practice for days you know how to get stuck in. Mate, and on a normal golfing day, who takes it? Like the sort of the niggly, uh, chatty halfbacks or the the sort of the quiet, modest, you know, outside backs take them? Yeah. Uh, well, we've, been, we've had three official comps over the last three <laughs> years, and the, uh, the fullbacks are currently up 2 1 my ledger, but now it's good. We've all of a pretty similar standard, all hanging around the sort of 8 to kind of 12 handicap. So, Makes for a good, decent battle, and uh, the nine didn't give give up. So, pretty competitive bunch, but it's always nice to get one over them as well. And on a serious side, it's it's good to get away from footy, isn't it? For a day a week at least, um, it's and golf's probably the perfect thing for that. 
bit of a stroll around the course, but still socially competitive with your mates is probably one of the great pursuits of a lot of footy players at the moment, for what I can see. Yeah, massively. I think um, no matter what you're doing in life, it's great to have hobbies outside of your usual sort of day-to-day uh, work or whatever that you can get away from and get stuck in. Sometimes golf isn't the most uh, mentally refreshing sport in the world, but I like to say it's awesome being able to um, both get out and enjoy the sunshine usually, but also um, hang out with your mates outside of footy and um, just spend some time together when you're not so talking about code. Awesome, mate. It was a big weekend, and, and congratulations on on beating the Chiefs in the final. Um, it's it's been pretty full on, hasn't it? With since COVID hit, basically just played local derbies week after week after week, and it's been pretty full on. Didn't have a final last year. Um, how was the prep going into the final? Was the Crusaders an environment where it's very much it's just another week? Make sure you tick all your boxes, or do you acknowledge that it's a big game and and it's um, a little bit extra involved in that build up? Yeah, I think like you said with. Um, since COVID it's been pretty well when running through the competitions and, and I think looking at how that's worked out like we've played the Chiefs probably five or six times over the last 12 months so heading into the week we had a pretty good idea around um, you know, against them and the threats they bought so that made me that we just sort of focused on us during the week and um, you know, the key leaders and guys in the team like Denny Whitelock and Scooter um, Dave and Cody and those boys did a great job of really priming us through the week so we ready to go on Saturday um, I think any final week, there's definitely more of an edge, and um, that's good. There's a few nerves, a bit of energy, and especially playing at home, uh, I know there's that hype about the city during the week. So it was a great week to be a part of, and um, obviously the boys managed to get the job done on the weekend, so that was pleasing as well. Yeah, because it's turned into a great rival, hasn't it? Like you say, you play each other a hell of a lot at the moment, so it's extremely competitive. A lot of them are your mates, you know, fellas that you spend time with and, and other teams, and the All Blacks, and also too probably... Um, as a young fella at school in that 2012-2013 period was when the Chiefs were absolutely at the height of their powers and, and knocked the Crusaders over a couple of times. So um, I I bet you there's a lot of feeling as you go into a game like that, probably purely just because you boys know each other so well, don't you? Yeah, hugely. It's funny you touch on those games back in 2012-2013. I remember being a young fella, I would have been about 14 or 15 then and watching those semi-finals um, at home probably with the old man on the couch and having a bit of a deep hatred for the Chiefs back then. It was actually, <laughs> remember a guy who I just thought was a real, um, yeah, personally not much as James Lowe. And I always thought, <laughs> gee, yeah, he just looked like a real niggly bastard on the field. But then it was actually funny, a couple of years later playing with him, um, the Marco and just goes to show when those guys on your team, you know, it's all very good and when they're not, then they can be a bit of a pain. So, no, but it's awesome, those Derby games. Um, Came up against your mates. Like, there's a lot of guys I've got to know a bit better over the last 12 months with being involved in the All Blacks. So, it's always cool being able to play them on the field and also be able to share with you afterwards as well. Oh, exactly right. I shared those feelings, mate. It was when uh, Brody Retallick and the Aaron Crudens of the world were at the height of their powers, weren't they? And they certainly, they're a niggly yeah. side, but they're also a really strong side, which they've kept going. But yeah. the game on Saturday was, it was an awesome final. Like, you guys came out hot. You know, you grabbed a try yourself, Sev, you got a try. Um, and it looked like, you know, perhaps you're going to be able to, you know, beat the Chiefs having a convincing victory, but they just showed the type of side they are at the moment. They hung in there, got back to parity almost by half-time. Um, was probably everything you expected or or um, was the intensity of a final definitely did go up a notch or two from some of those round-robin games that you've been playing? Yeah, I think the Chiefs have shown a lot. Whilst we got to a good start and uh, that was pleasing, we always knew they were going to come back and they showed that and I mean, looking at that second half, had a bit of everything, didn't it? There was rain, there was uh, cards, penalties, all sorts. So 
there's a great ten fifteen minute patch there where it really could have gone either way. And I think um you know, I've got to put a lot of credit to our defence managing to hold them out for, you know, that twenty minute patch, the only thirteen or fourteen men was was hugely important and as the rain came down and we held the lead it became a little bit easier to keep the ball behind them and just back out these. So that was definitely a catalyst for the win. Yeah, well, 20 minutes to go, you were down to 13 men for a while there, and it's, you know, cards are um, more common in the game at the moment because the referees are officiating particularly the high tackle, and fair enough, but also it means there's more and more games when you're playing with less people. Is that something that you address during the game, or actually you do your work beforehand, and when that happens in a game, you just switch in into that mode, or actually it requires, like you say, um, Sammy and, and Scott Barrett and those leaders to sort of say, right, boys, this is this is what we need to do at the moment when we're 14 men, 13 men on the field. Yeah, throughout the, the season, Ray does a really good job of um, going through what he calls sort of what is or, or step ahead, where um, we get to get down a little unit through the team and discuss if potential scenarios that happen and how we react to them. And um, so I guess for myself, with Sivu going off, it was a reasonably big change um, in terms of my game, just having lost that winger and another guy in the backfield. So throughout the season, it is important to have those conversations that you are well prepared, but then it's definitely a different feel of first talking about it in a, in a strategy room, to go out in the field in the final, or 20 minutes going and executing it. So um, whilst we have those plans in place, uh, it's really important that, I guess, the captain out in the field, scoot all the main drivers, um, their job is to make sure that everyone's switched on um, and can sort of I guess recollect the information we've talked about and what we're going to do and actually bring that into life out in the field. So um, I thought we managed to do a pretty good job of, of in that 20 minutes um, adapting well and mentally staying on. Mate, it was an awesome season. You guys did really well. There's, I think you know you had a little bit of a dip during the middle of the season where you dropped a couple of games and I think because of that and because of the form of the Chiefs as well, like they'd done so well over the last you know four or five weeks, winning a lot of games at the last minute. New Zealand public, maybe the Chiefs supporters sniffed a bit of an upset. Did that ensure that you boys were absolutely on edge for the final or, or actually, you know, the reality in a round-robin competition, you have peaks and troughs or you have, it's hard to play at the top of your game every single week and you're able to just ensure that you're peaking at the right time of the year? Yeah, I think if you look back at our last three or four seasons, we've been very successful and each one of those seasons has been challenges. There's probably been two or three-week patches where we have got a little bit off the boil and lost a couple of games. So I think for us, when we had those losses to halfway through the season, it was a bit of a wake-up call and um, forced us to have some pretty honest conversations. But at the same time, when you, like you say, in a weekend, tough competition, um, playing tough New Zealand teams every week, there always are going to be some tough losses in there. And I think the important thing from those those losses is just getting a huge learning for them. Um, made some subtle changes to our game plan um, after them, and I think they held us in pretty good stead heading into that final and obviously the Chiefs were a team full of belief and so we knew they were certainly going to be up for it but it also made a massive difference being at home having the, the crowd behind us and um, my good time that last 10 minutes. And mate, it's uh, something we've talked about before the pod but it was awesome to see your great mate um, Dave Haveli jump in to 12 and absolutely own it. There's a bit of chat around him at the moment because his form's been so good but probably a, a testament of the Crusaders as well. You know, you lost a couple of big players. Jack Goodhue um, got injured. Braden Enor wasn't able to play much of a part throughout the season but it shows what a versatile player he is but what a good player he is by being able to slip into 12, play fantastically well and uh, free you up at the back, mate. So you can, uh, I think you played every minute of this season in Super Rugby or something darn near close to that. Yeah, I think you know, a lot of credit goes to Dave there having that versatility to play across uh, the whole backfield. I know him and I have sort of been jostling for that fullback position for the last couple of years. And 
I've seen a bit of time on the wing. He's seen a bit of time at 12. And you know, this year, he was exceptional for us. Really took uh, the challenge of that 12 jersey on, I thought. And uh, we all knew his skill set, his catch pass. Um, and his decision-making is really strong. But I thought his defense throughout the year was awesome. You know, looking at the stats, he was making up with the 15 tackles every game. Um, which is a huge adjustment for him moving from the back line where the backfield we make maybe two or three to 15. You know, it's a huge shift. So, uh, he's huge for us on off the field. You know, we saw against the Hurricanes that drop goal he was able to hit. Um, loves those clutch moments. So, yeah, it's something you can uh, push on and get some high on as well. Mate, be, is there a bit of some drop kicking competitions at training a wee bit? Is that where he got that from? Does he like to remind the boys of that one or is he a humble man? Um, so he's asked to get clear of him. I dropped him off the but uh, <laughs> no, he does. He's obviously a bit of a golfing background, so um, does a bit of that during the week and during the season. He was covering ten for a few games, so I guess he would have got a few drop kicks in during that. But um, probably Sebu's the guy who's pretty quick to ask for either a kicking conference somewhere. <laughs> he loves those little challenges, so uh, to see how he goes. Mate, and what was what's the week been like for you boys? Because obviously you've you've climbed Everest, or you know you've taken on set down a big challenge at the start of the year and you've got there and actually the way the world is these days you're straight back into it you know really really quickly but have you had to decompress a little bit you, you've also got to you've got to celebrate the victory as well don't you you've got to um, yeah. you know suck it all in before you get onto the next challenge I assume yeah I think we took a week then to uh, celebrate what the season so far and what it had been you know looking at the start of the season Super ABR was a you know massive goal for us and to be able to accomplish that was a huge achievement. So over Saturday and Sunday, we took time to connect with, uh, as a squad and uh, sponsors, wider friends and family, and just really save that. And then from there, probably Monday was an important day for us just to individually reset, uh, set some new goals, and just look ahead to, to change Tasman. And I know we've been looking forward to playing some Aussie teams and getting over to Aussie as well for, over the last three or four months. So um, hasn't taken too much of an adjustment to, I guess, put the mindset. Um, because we know there's another trophy up the grabs as well. Mate, there's, there's one I want to ask you. There's been two years of smashing ourselves against um, our mates and local teams. There'd actually have to be some real excitement about this competition, wouldn't there? Because while it's been fantastic to play um, Super Rugby Aotearoa, I've been keeping an eye on the competition across the Tasman. It looks really strong. Um, there's a lot of familiar faces, a lot of familiar names who are playing really well. There's a lot of guys I don't know. Um, and I'm actually really, really excited on Friday yeah. night to watch the, the Hollanders and the Reds, the Reds who took an absolute cliffhanger out um, on the weekend in the Super Rugby Australia competition and then you guys as well playing the other finalists, the Brumbies, on the weekend as well. So I'm, I'm fizzed and I imagine you boys are as well. Oh, massively. You know, look at the last 12 months and particularly in the All Blacks. We had the play in Aussie last year and the Chiefs in Wellington as well. You know, they gave us a huge challenge and I think there's a bit of a new breed of um, those sort of young Wallabies or young Australian players coming through who are um, you know, full of energy and uh, love doing things to correct. So, no, I think, you know, like you say, the Reds and Brumbies, they look particularly strong. And um, even the fourth Rebels, Moritz, will their moments as well. So, um, it's an opportunity for us to, to both get over to Aussie and have them come here. Yeah, we could just hope for it. Um, as much as it's been fun playing each other, it's going to be good to, you know, have some different different challenges, some different game plans, um, some different guys to, to play in for. So, um, and with the competition being a bit of a strip with that five week round robin, you've got to be on every week. So uh, I know the Aussies are looking forward to trying to put us up and looking forward to playing them as well. Yeah, man, it's pretty exciting. What do you see as the biggest challenge? Is it just purely playing a bunch of people that we haven't played for a long time? And, and you know, we're going from the fact of 
playing people we know so well, when we play them so regularly, you almost know each other's games inside out and it's a little one percenters to going to a challenge that we haven't faced for near a couple of years. Yeah, I think, like you say, adapting to their different styles would be, would be pretty critical and whatever country or, or respective teams can do that will probably be the most successful. With only having rights for weeks to repair from playing the Chiefs, you know, the Brumbies, you know, it's not a very, very long time to make those adjustments. So, um, yeah, it's going to be important that we really nail our prep as individuals this week to make sure we're ready to go. And, um, yeah, with that round robin format, one lost game can really cost you your finals hope. So, go beyond from game one. Mate, and have you kept an eye on that compo, the Tasman? Um, you know, is there some guys that have stuck out for you that have been playing particularly well or caught your attention? There's a, you know, there's a few old dogs like James O'Connor, etc. But there's also, like you say, some young guys who are doing really, really as well, like Jordan Pattaya and and Tani Alatupo, who we know well here in New Zealand's been playing really well. Do you keep a, much of an eye on that comp during your own comp here in Super Rugby Aotearoa? Yeah, I mean, I watch the odd game here and here and there, and I think myself at the back. It's yeah, the Reds in particular have got a pretty strong backline. It's interesting to see how old Filiasi Vinovalu's been going with the switch from uh, League to Union and Jordan Vitaya and James O'Connor's also had a great uh, bit of a career renaissance at the Reds. So, um, yeah, they've, they've got a lot more depth, I think, than what we've probably seen in the past. And, um, yeah, for us, um, it's just going to be important that we, that we stay on and um, do our preview on those boys because um, they've seen a lot of talent over the, over the ditch. And, like, um, I know you read a lot and you hear a lot from some of our super rugby teams around, you know, creating a challenge for each season, trading a certain culture or certain goals. Have you literally had to reset the dial for this? You know, is it a, is it a clean slate, so to speak, or is it about continuing on what you've done during the season already, but just tweaking it for um, some new challenges, one new teams, a little bit of travel involved in there, which you haven't done as much um, in the past and, and a little bit of the unknown as well. Yeah, I think it's sort of both, to be honest. I think um, at the end of the day, we've got a brand of footy and a style of footy that we like to play, and it's important that we stick to that for the most part. Um, we don't change that too much, um, despite who we're playing. But I think at the same time, you've got to respect that it is a new comp. Um, everyone's on zero points, so a bit of a reset is necessary. Um, so for us, we're not looking to make huge changes. We look to just keep them what we've been doing. Um, can use some different different challenges going over to Aussie with the warmer weather and um, the humidity you can get over there. So. I just think keep it keep an eye on, I guess, but um, ultimately, um, I think the simply keep it better. Yeah, totally. And some of the rule changes, we had a few new rules involved um, during Super Rugby Aotearoa. Do you enjoy them, mate? You enjoy the goal line dropout? Do you enjoy some of the, the captain's challenge? Some of those things that were brought in. Some of them are staying for Super Rugby Trans Tasman. Some of them aren't. Yeah, I think the goal line dropout in particular was a was a good initiative. Um, you know, those those five minute scrums tend to take up a long period of time in the game and. Um, it does reward a defensive team if they can hold someone up to, to get their goal line drop out rather than face other scrums. So that was something I think everyone's enjoyed and they're pretty universal, um, universally sort of ticked off. Um, I think they get the challenge a little bit of an easy one. Um, yeah, I can definitely see the benefit of it and there are some times where it hasn't really been beneficial with key calls getting right. Um, at the same time, there's been some frustrating moments where uh, the speed of play is getting held up to do it. So, it's definitely a balancing act, and I know that's been dropped for Trent Tasman. And um, at the end of the day, it's good to get these initiatives to go. And if they work, they work. If they don't, um, no harm, no foul, really. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, to pushing on with the new comp and, and what's in the kit. 
And mate, finally, mate, before we get into the second part of the show, which is a bit more about your career, how are you? How's the rig? You good to go um, for this competition? You fit as a fiddle, like, um, you know, hopefully on the team sheet for Saturday's match versus the Brumbies? Yeah, I picked up a little bit of a neat niggle uh, against the Chiefs in the weekend, but that's been done pretty well. So, uh, yeah, other than that, body's feeling really good. Probably best it's felt in a couple of years, actually. Um, just getting used to playing you know, professional footy week in, week out. Uh, as I got a little bit older, the body starts to get used to the, the load you've got to go through. So, no, that's really nice, and hopefully could get my shot and get some consistent minutes into the next couple as well. Only affects the golf swing, doesn't it, neck injuries? Yeah, exactly. Mate, awesome first half of the show. We're going to come back, little break, and in the second half of the show, talk a little bit more about Will, his rugby journey from being a, a young man in Christchurch during the wear All Black from 2020. Defenders cannot get back. They're on the back foot the whole time, which gives players like David Harvey, Will Jordan, Richie Moonga to get on the front foot, which they are here. He's well over the advantage side, so everybody's rifling on the ball. A nice little stab ahead, great decision-maker, Will Jordan, why not? Why awesome not? first half of the show. Now, um, great opportunity to talk the life and times of Will Jordan and um, Christchurch board and bread, mate. What was uh, what was the early days like for Will Jordan? Standard stuff, you're playing rugby, rugby league, cricket, tennis, everything in the backyard with brothers, friends, neighbourhood. Was it that sort of upbringing? Yeah, I had a, a brother a couple of years older than me, Nick, so uh, he certainly put me, put me through my paces when I was a young man. Um, I lived across the park from uh, Dean Bush, actually. So um, you get across, you get across there and chuck the ball around, no matter what sort of ball it was, whether it was a rugby ball or a cricket ball or whatever. So um, whilst I probably lost one fair share battles in the backyard against him, it really prepared me a bit professional footy as well. So uh, other than that, um, yeah, pretty simple upbringing. Really I had mum and dad there, my sister as well. So um, got a really tight knit family, which is yeah, pretty special. Man, it was always rugby. Like you teared into rugby from an early age. Was the old man the coach, or was there someone who you know took your rugby team every single year? A mate's father, like so often, is is a story of a, a young New Zealand rugby player. Yeah, it's a bit like that. I think Dad probably took me for maybe a year or two, but um, I had a good bunch of mates who I played rugby through um, most of my early sort of childhood, from I guess those primary school and intermediate days, and had a great bunch of friends there and. Yeah, cricket as well. I think that was what I loved about the game, really. It was just about um, whether it was after school or on a Saturday, being able to go out there and chuck ball around with my mates. Um, always loved watching rugby as well on the television. Always been a big Crusader supporter. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, for me early on, it was just about a lovely game, really. Yeah, and got down to a, a few Crusaders games and a few um, Black Caps games down at the park and as a young man. Yeah, there's probably two games that really uh, stand out my memory from from those teams. And the first one will be uh, a, a T20 in the Black Caps set against Australia where um, Brendan McCullum's been off. And that's oh. sort of brought in that, that scoop shot like they're practicing. And I remember just watching him get down on the ground, basically the short and take. He's going about 155k and <laughs> stepping it back over his head. And we end up winning. And I think while we got into a super over, actually, it was it a real tight it game. Did. It was definitely a cricket game that, that stuck out. And then in terms of... Um, yeah, something that's bizarre. It's hard to get past the fog final, uh, yeah. 2006. Crusaders versus the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, can't say we saw anything of it, but it was quite funny when the game finished as the Crusaders got handed the trophy, the fogs had all disappeared. So at least you got to see that at the end. Um, but yeah, that's where we saw that game, unfortunately. I remember that. I was living in the UK and I turned the telly on to watch the final in the morning and I was like, I was positive that there was something wrong with the TV that was bust, but then you realised yeah. that it was... 
it was a fog out and the, the Crusaders won at nineteen twelve. That was a hell of a game. And there's heroes growing up, you know, like we all have our heroes, whether it be, you know, rugby cricket or other things that we, we look up to and admire. Who was um who was someone that you thought you'd bottle yourself on? Yeah, for Rogan's point of view, it's probably pretty hard to go past Dean Carter. Um, yep. As I'm sure a lot of lot of kids in my age were felt as well. You know, he was just such a classy operator um, on and off the field for a number of years, whether it was for the Crusaders or the All Blacks, and seemed to hold himself um, in a really good way and didn't take himself too seriously. So as well, he seemed you know pretty approachable and um, yeah, just a good guy around the community. So he was definitely someone that um, uh, you really enjoyed watching growing up. Man, it was a it was only a hop, skip, and a jump for you to go to Crossish Boys High School. That was always going to be the way because it was the the closest school. And obviously, loving your sport, there's a good opportunity to tear into to all sports there as well. Yeah, I was just down the road at that point, um, and my old man had been there before. He was in the boarding boarding house at uh, house. so yeah, he was pretty keen to get me down to Boys High. There wasn't going to be too many other schools in the picture, I don't think. So yeah, I was very lucky that um, in year nine, I had a pretty good bunch of mates. Um, who I sort of met who were keen footy players, cricket players as well. And, um, yeah, I was able to play my sport all through high school with them, which is really, really special. And, um, like you say, boys, I had that pretty strong sporting pedigree with a huge number of all blacks. So, um, that was generally something you looked up to as you went to the school. Yeah, mate. Was it, um, you know, it's a massive school, massive boys' school, and probably, you know, was it, some of your mates now are uh, sort of your mates of life. We, a lot of people we chat to is they form those really good relationships at high school. Was that the same for you um, there, at, there at CBHS? Yeah, definitely. You know, obviously, I've got my mates from the rugby world now, but it's also really cool being able to get away from the game and go catch up with my mates from school. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty, pretty quick to get you humbled and get you grounded these days, having to get stuck with you. So, no, it's awesome, you know. As well as that, it was cool being in the sheets on Saturday night and get a photo with a trophy with uh, Josh Mackay, who oh, was at Boys High with me as well. So it was cool to be able to. We never actually won anything here at Boys High, unfortunately. Now you're sitting Yeah, we got pipped in the semis. So it was nice to be able to lift the trophy with him uh, out of the end. But yeah, no, those schoolmates are you know, some guys like to say you, you have friendships for life. Main, as, well, as a lot of us saw um, before Christmas for the Black Cash, you were decent with the Willow as well. Um, was that. Was that something you did in the summer, you know, to, to make sure that you keep yourself busy and just really enjoyed changing it up in the summer? Or actually cricket was a genuine option for you, you know, something that you thought, I'm not sure if I'm better at cricket or rugby, this might be something I pursue. And at some stage in your life, you actually had to make a, make a decision around that? Um, yeah, a little bit sort of yes and no. I think for me, when I was growing up, cricket and rugby were definitely um, pretty side by side. and um, It probably depended on what season on what season we were in, as to which was my favourite. But... Um, I think when I was going through going through school and um, getting to that sort of, I guess my last years of high school, I think um, you know I was making the odd rep team in either sport, but for me, I wasn't really chasing professional um, career like that. I just sort of had a good bunch of mates I was playing with, and and always really enjoyed it. And um, sport for me was a way to go out there and sort of express myself. So it probably wasn't until I got to the team where um, I offered a place in the the Crusaders Academy where. Um, yeah, I sort of thought rugby could be something more than that. Um, and at that point, I thought, uh, whilst I was a decent cricketer, I probably wasn't going to go down the professional route um, in that sport. So, yeah, sort of stuck to rugby and um, you haven't played too much cricket the last few years, unfortunately. But 
yeah, always keen to chop heads back on you. Because you can bash it, like you bashed it in that black cash. Did you uh, did you bash it at high school, mate? Or was it the same uh, when you played in those Gillette Cup fixtures as well? Who was probably coaching the side, Matty Parr or something, was it? He liked to bash it as well. Like, were you uh, a <laughs> IPL, IPL auction? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was there for a good time, a long time, for sure. <laughs> no, no, I used to go out there and, and give it a bit of a whack. Um, yeah, originally, aggressive bets, which is probably a detriment for me sometimes. Um, got always to get caught rather than bold or LBW what it was but um, yeah like to play the game to be aggressively and I think the Black Clash probably sort of been that aspect now we go out there and have a bit of a whack so um, I certainly frustrated a few coaches over the years with some soft dismissals but um, I guess that was my match so I'd see it hit it Mate and how good was that uh, Black Clash to be involved with you know firstly just looked like an awesome night out you hit the ball really really well but also playing against um, no doubt some cricketers that you really looked up to as a young man and some footy players as well. Like, good to be out there with, you know, the likes of Richie McCaw and, um, you know, giving, giving cricket a nudge as well. Yeah, I think like you said, it was just an awesome event to be a part of. Um, I did some stuff the night before and it was just great to meet, um, you know, some of those sporting heroes who I've watched. Um, guys like Dan Vittori had a great down to Elliott about what was going through his mind when he hit that famous six um, <laughs> semi-finals. So, um, as well as those very players, guys like Richie, um, you know, as you dig in those guys. So um, from that point of view, it was awesome to be able to connect with them, but also be able to chuck the pads back on and go out there and hit a few off the middle was nice. Um, didn't get to face them before, unfortunately. That was the one guy I really uh, wanted to face. That was pretty lucky because it looked like he still had it. Um, a bit of a wisdom with the ball still. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great night. Um, they had come to Hagley Park. It's great venue to cook it. So, yeah, it was nice to get a few out of the middle and um, yeah, get to meet a few of those guys. And it was... Back to the first 15 stuff that was obviously in the year 12 and 13, you started going pretty sharp. My extensive reshoots sure that you are, and I actually watched a lot of these games as well, grab 19 tries in 11 games in your final year in the UC Champs, and and, and who you just referenced before, Josh Mackay, you know, 15 as well. You look at the highlights clips, there's a lot of, you know, Mackay breaking and, and offloading to Will. Um, really look back at that um, as awesome times in your career. Well, is there... Um, you must have, in that UC comp as well, there's probably people like Dave Harvey, other people that you play with now as well that you used to play with against all the time and, and now you're rolling out together for the Crusaders, which is pretty cool. Yeah, massively. You know, I think I'm sure we footy's great. There's a huge amount of hype around it these days and uh, it's cool being able to play in those what of big games at the time with all your schoolmates on the, the sideline cheering you on and getting stuck into the other schools. So... Uh, it's funny how it works out. Uh, a guy Tom Christie, who obviously Crusader teammates with now, he was he was the captain of the Shirley team that uh, knocked me and Josh over in the semi final of the UC Championship. So he's pretty quick to, to get stuck into us there. But um, yeah, I mean that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's just being Christchurch, so I have a bit of school banter uh, back and forth. So um, some of those games, uh, those traditional games against Christ and Nelson College, just beads the ones that definitely um, stick in the movie. So how did, how did it work? You're obviously starting to play some really good footy in year 13 as a part of that cross Port High School side and is there someone there at the Crusaders look mate we think there's a bit of, uh, there's a bit of talent there and would like to join your academy is it a simple conversation in your year 13 that's how it happens? Uh, it was a bit of a funny one actually because initially I was planning to head down to Dunedin to uh, um, do a law and commerce degree and this was about halfway through the best 15 season and Jesus mate law and commerce yet. holy heck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look out heavy stuff um, and I wasn't really involved in any of the, the Crusaders like pre academy stuff. They have like, some guys like Josh and some of those guys through school room, um, just because I was a bit of a late bloomer. So 
yeah, for me, I was just thinking like, oh, I want, um, you know, stalk, I know stocking down to Dunners and maybe play some club stuff down there, but wasn't really thinking uh, about Ruby too seriously. So I actually emailed the, um, the guy, David Flynn, who was the talent on my desk uh, at the Crusaders and says, uh, I'd met when I played for the Crusaders, Crusaders Junior Night team um, that sort of week. And I said, hey, mate, looking here down to Dunners, is there any chance you could write me a reference for a scholarship and going forward down there? And he sort of came back, and I wasn't sort of looking to get any leverage or anything. I just generally was wondering if that, like, strategically brilliant, tactically brilliant. Well, yeah, very good. Yeah, uh, ended up ended up being ended up working out. Well, he sort of replied and said, "Geez, mate, what are you doing down there? Like, we were really keen to have you a part of the academy, uh, pushing forward. Can you come to my office on Monday and we can discuss it?" And I guess from there, that's where it all sort of um, picked up and um, ended up sticking around the Christchurch and the academy for the next year or so and after the year it sort of took off. Mate, it's awesome. And you turned up for the Marcos, like perhaps maybe, you know, I thought you might turn out for the Canterbury side or that would be a natural progression next thing f- for you to do. But uh, you actually played your debut uh, first-class rugby for the Marcos. What took you up there? Um, yeah, I think off the back of, uh, I played Canterbury under 19, there was a national tournament there. And off the back of that, I had a little bit of interest from um Waikato actually, they were keen for me to move up and play some um, MP, uh, Mike Ken footy there the next year, um, which I was sort of weighing up. And at the time, Brad Moore, who was the Crusaders coach, had worked with the 19th a little bit. And he sort of came up to me and said, I did think this interest in Waikato um, was sort of keen to keep you within the Crusaders region. He said at the moment, the Canary team is quite bad, all with the likes of um, George Bridge and Johnny McNichol and um, Josh as well. He was signed. So I said, it was going to be tough for me to get a game or two there, but the market had some opportunities at fullback, so um, ended up working out really well, really. I meant that I was able to stay in the Crusaders region and, and keep the Crusaders happy, but also go up there and, and the next season get some, some big minutes as well. So um, at the time, it was a bit of a, oh, a bit of a scary shift and away from home, and um, there weren't too many guys in the team that I knew, but looking back, um, yeah, it generally worked out for the best, I think, and I love my footy up in Tassie, and as well as that, having Ryan McDonald as the, the Marcus coach at the time, who was obviously a, a great fullback himself, so the opportunity to learn off him was something that was pretty enticing for me. And um, yeah, that's, that's how it all sort of played out and um, had a look back to him. And what makes them tick up there? Because one thing is, you know, it's not a massive place, um, Bleedham and Nelson, but over the last few years, they've been one of the most outstanding uh, provincial sides that we have. What makes them tick up there and, and what makes it all go so well? Because um, anyone who goes up there, firstly, seems to play well, plays either to a high standard or above themselves, and they look to really enjoy their footy as well and will get along really well. Yeah, I think that's, that's the first thing that probably um, I picked up when I moved up there. It was just the culture they created and uh, the guys I had there. Not necessarily all of them are from the region, but they had a huge amount of buy-in for the region and the team and a huge amount of pride in the province. And, um yeah, I think I was just hugely approachable and um, within a couple of weeks, I felt like a real home for me. So I think that's a massive part of it. That was my first moved up. Um, we had a couple of years there. We sort of made the finals and we were getting better and better, but um, hadn't quite been able to get up and win those big games over the likes of Canterbury. Um, whereas over the last couple of years, as I've sort of, I guess guys like Dave, um, you know, Mitch Hunt, those guys who have had a bit of super, super experience and able to bring it back to Tasman, um, now, I think as much as anything, just work on the mental side of the game to um, really now all those key moments in big games. And geez, it's been awesome to be a part of the team over the last few years. And they've been able to win a couple of titles. And when you look back 10 years ago, 
when the, the union was almost getting cut from the competition. Yeah. So now going back, back, it's a pretty pretty special achievement. So, um, yeah, I think whether it's from the, the team, like the administration, there's a huge amount of care for the region and the jersey. I think that um, really shows them how players perform out in the field. Mate, and famous ga- uh, fav- favourite game in the Marco jersey. I've seen a couple of clips. You got the finger up a couple of times when you were racing away from the try, but what is, um, yeah. what's your... Uh, favourite memories in the Marco jersey because it's like you say it's a short history but it's becoming a very rich history Yeah I think it's hard to get past um, the final we had against Wellington um, at Tea Park in 2019 that um, won the Union their first title like you say managed to streak away for a trial a couple of minutes to go and gave the crowd a bit of a hot dog which <laughs> a few of my mates had a bit of stick for but um, I think they just showed the huge amount of excitement that we had you know that was a really special season for us managing to go unbeaten um, if you have to win it at home in front of those fans who've been really loyal to the market for the last 15 or so years was, was pretty special. Um, it's a short day that none of those boys will forget. Mate, who drives it down there? Like like you say, Leon's there, but they've got a couple of couple of older dogs who have been with the Crusaders as well. Or is it very much a, not a bunch not a not a bu- bunch of barbarians or renegades coming together, but is there some some key leaders? Because um, you know, the success has, has been really impressive. Yeah, I think you've got, to, you've got to give a lot of credit to Dave, to be honest, as the captain of the team. You know, he's a local boy and uh, he does a lot behind the scenes to really galvanise the unit and goes an extra mile on the jersey as well. And the jersey as well, sorry. Uh, I think as well as that, it's really cool having a couple of key coaches or coaches and Andrew Goodman and Shane Christie who have played 50 games for the marker who have, you know, given so much to the jersey so that when they speak um, about it, when they're you know, asking to do something, it's easy to get behind because I've done it before you as well. So I think that's a really that's a key part of it, um, as well as they're having some older, experienced guys in the team. Like we had White Crockett come back um, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Tim Perry's been in, in the past. You know, Kieran Fonaster has come back last year. Um, they're really important in just making sure that the environment's ticking on nicely and the culture's um, staying true to itself. And I think that really shows up. Mate, it's a great springboard for the Crusaders. And talk to us a little bit about when you first got named in the Crusaders squad. Was it? You know, you were you hopeful um, because you've been having some good form at provincial level, or actually when you you finally uh, got asked for a, a super contract, you're you're surprised over the moon. Talk us through it. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, I made my minor ten debut was the um, he's under twenties tournament over in Georgia and uh, managed to play some OK footy over there. And when I came back, there was a few whispers from the Crusaders and from my agent, good old Ken McIntyre, that um, <laughs> you know, that they, they might be keen for, for uh, 2018, the next year. So the sort of, what that said to me was just go out there for the first four or five rounds of my team, um, you know, play some really good footy and we can go from there. And um, I guess I managed to do that. So I think a couple through that, that first one of 10 season. And yeah, it was just hugely pumped, to be honest. There was a couple of guys in the market who were already in the Crusaders. So it was good to be able to, be able to get alongside them, get to know them, talk to them a little bit about um, the team and where they were going and yeah it was a bit of a drink to come straight he's been from Christchurch you know, the, to be in that squad so huge amount of excitement Mate and, you know we could try and do probably multiple podcasts on this and everyone always asks about what makes the Crusaders tick in their culture and why they're successful but your early memories you know like as a young fella because perhaps in the past rugby had been a little bit about you've got to earn your stripes you don't say too much whereas these days we hear a little bit more about um, it's really important to integrate young guys, make sure they can hit the ground running and, and play, um, you know, almost to their talent straight away. What was it like for you coming in as you know, probably only a 20-year-old coming into the Crusaders? 
yeah, I think I was actually 19 when I first came to the team and never looked around the change room. You've got guys like um, you know, Kieran Reid and Matt Todd, Ryan Cotty. You know, I was first in the team. There's some real legends of the game running around and that can be pretty intimidating for a young player. But I think that it's always that little hierarchy between a team and there's a bit of respect that's got to be earned with those other guys. But, um, you know, they're hugely, hugely welcoming as players to make you feel comfortable in the environment and um, always have to ask your questions. And I think a guy who... I really stuck out to when I first made the team was actually Tim Bateman, who he didn't play a lot for the Crusaders, but he was a real key guy behind the scenes and probably managing those guys who, who were on the field because it can be a bit of a tricky time when you're not in that 23, you're not playing week to week. And I think what the Crusaders do is they do a great job of making sure the whole squad of 38 or 40 guys are really integrated. Um, everyone's pushing towards that one goal and everyone's appearing each other during the week to, to go out there and perform well. Mate, and, you know, you've always got to touch on Razor's head. You know, the Midas touch, really, at the Crusaders, and he's such an awesome personality. Like, surely these, he can't be fizzed up every day, can he? Like, you know, every time you see him, he's got a massive smile on his face. He's, you know, saluting the crowd, and, and you know, he just looks like a guy who's been dropped in Red Bull at birth. Like, is he always like that, um, Monday through Friday? Or actually, um, you know, he has his downtime as well and, and spreads the load because, you know, shit, no one's got that much energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think he probably does a pretty good job of managing it. Um, when he comes in around the team, he's always got plenty of energy. And um, I've had probably you know, a morning surf out at Sunday probably helps him that bit of a fresh wake up so that when he gets into the team, he's ready to go. But no, I think as well as that, you know, you see Ray around the scenes, he's, he can be quite jovial and um, like he's had a lot of energy, but he takes a lot of time to get to know his players and uh, make sure that you as people are doing well as well. I think that's something that um, I've really enjoyed working with him over the last three or four years is, um, yeah, he likes to keep you on a deep level and uh, make sure that you're, that you're doing okay and you're doing well and anything he can do to help you out, um, he'll, he'll do. So that's a huge part of him. As well as bringing that energy and bringing that compassion too. Mate, that's awesome. And there's, um, for you, mate, is it is it very much about, um, you know, have you got people, whether players, whether it's coaches, that you worked really closely to try and make you better? You know, like if you, um, are you working really closely with the backs coach, are you working really closely with the skills coach, you know, or is it is it other players like Davey and that who you spend a lot of time with that you're actually really trying to improve yourself? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think, certainly when I was first coming to the team, my first couple of years, they had the likes of Davey and, and Izzy Dag in the team, so um, I just tried to soak up as much of their knowledge as I could, and thematically at fullback, there's a lot of sort of tactical stuff going on and running your backfield positioning and um, when you can pop up on an attack and so it was cool for those first couple of years to have to really learn off them and you know to the staff still updated the questions around his role fullback but another guy who I've worked with really closely over the last four years has probably been Andrew Goodman who um, he first came into the Tasman environment when I first came in as well and we've sort of followed each other on that journey from uh, Tasman to the Crusaders and uh, he's always up for a, for a day off Christmas session or early morning passing session or whatever it is or just the honest coffee around how I'm going. So um, it's always good having a couple of guys who you can go to for some honest advice because there's always plenty of critiquing and stuff going on around in the media and how you're playing. So I think it's important to, to know guys who you can really trust for their, their opinion and um, yeah, helps you sort of slide the highs and lows. Mate, want to fast forward now to, to making the All Blacks. And firstly, like, crazy circumstances really. Had gone through COVID, um, had it, you know, wasn't really sure how much rugby we were going to be playing last year. As it turned out, we've been really lucky to play a lot of rugby in front of fans as well. You know, full house for you guys on Saturday night for the final and, and hopefully we'll see that continue for the rest of the season. But talk us through getting the call up to the ABs. You, firstly, you, 
you know, you had an absolutely cracking game in the north-south, a game that hadn't been played for a very long time and managed to grab grab the winner. Do you think that's what put you on the radar and, and talk us talk us through when you actually got the call or when it was announced or how you found out that you were going to be in All Black? Yeah, I think it was pretty crazy once, um, you know, COVID sort of wrapped up a little bit of New Zealand and we were able to get back out in the field that Super Rugby comp was sort of pretty quick and then off the hop because of that North West South was played, I think. For me, it was probably the first time I got really consistent minutes for the Crusaders, and that was just something I really enjoyed being able to grow week to week. And um, I think that really helps you. You learn at the first level. You're not sort of playing one week and you're not playing the next. You're able to play, you know, every game. My savior, Portugal, injured was um, really helpful for me. And yeah, I mean, it was a bit of an easy one, really, that North first year being the the day before the All Blacks squad got named. But I think you know, I'm just sort of thinking, Jesus is turned into a bit of a, a one-off trial. So uh, yeah. there was a huge amount of nerves to that game and it was a bit of a shame there was no crowd because it ended up being such a great spectacle. But yeah, that was an awesome game to be a part of and um, caught a play with a couple of guys who I hadn't played with before and the likes of Brad Weber and Joshua and those boys. Um, and then, yeah, obviously topped off the next day with um, getting a call from, from Bert, uh, Gilbert and I the manager that I made the squad. Um, yeah, it was, was definitely a pretty special morning and... Um, I guess from there it all rolled through the team gets named um, you know, on TV and the texts and the messages and all that sort of the support stuff flowing through and it's pretty humbling seeing that and then you know, over the next few months getting involved with the team um, yeah, definitely was a bit of a whirlwind six, seven months. Pretty cool though, isn't it? You can sort of get a little bit of insight to what it was back in the old days when you play actually almost genuine all-black trial, you know, whether it was north-south, probables, yeah. possibles, those sort of games we used to hear about to kind of try and smash into each other on a Saturday and then have the team named on the Sunday mornings. Quite cool and, and almost an old-school tradition that we relived at least for one year. Yeah, hugely. You know, there was, uh, throughout that north-south week, the south management did a cool job of um, getting some older players to, to relay some of their stories from old North West South games and what it meant to them and um, yeah, what the occasion and the, the atmosphere was all about. So, yeah, no, I love being a part of that old school game and um, hopefully, your fingers crossed, I'll like, find some time for the future with the sort of tough field heavy scheduling these days. Yeah. Mate, and, um, you know, when you were named in the All Blacks, the old man was just, well done, son, shook your hand and patty on the back or was there, um, you know, it was a little bit more emotion than that? Um, what did the parents think and, and some of your close friends? Yeah, I think my parents, um, my partner, my grandparents, and my siblings as well all sort of watched the announcement together in Christchurch. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there was a few, a bit of emotion coming through from there. Mum was probably a bit more emotional than Dad. He probably, like you say, gave it the old handshake and said, I'm proud of you and all that sort of thing. But I'm sure deep down, yeah, a bit more emotional. But I think it just shows, you know, making your blacks, um you know, for a lot of people, it's a bit of a big, it's a big deal, and um, the country follows the team so strongly. So, I don't know if my parents uh, maybe able to be a part of that it was, um, yeah, really special for them. Man, it took a while to actually get on the field. Obviously, there was a couple of games over here that we played first before you went over to Aussie. First, what was it like, sort of going to Aussie in some ways, and and being in a bubble, and and um, you know, having to sort of isolate in between matches. I sort of on one side of the corner, I can see it being you know hugely different to what you normally do. On the other side of the corner, I suppose, for a young fella and a new team, what a great way to meet your team, you know, to spend that much time with them and, and um, you know, develop a bond, I suppose, um, on tour. Yeah, hugely like to say, um, I think, you know, on tour is great for any team. Be the chance to basically be around each other 24-7. It sort of forces you to make those connections and um, go out to different teams to get together. So, no, I love getting over to Aussie. It was an awesome experience. Um 
we managed to get out for a few rounds of golf, which was good as well. Uh, I had a good golfing crew there, so that certainly helped uh, build a few friendships. But no, it was cool, like to say, I wasn't playing those first few games. So um, yeah, whilst that was like a little bit frustrating, but I wanted to play, it was cool to be able to just sit back and soak up the atmosphere of being in the All Blacks and work out you know, what a test week and is all about and the preparation it takes and just watch some of those older players go to work. So, um, yeah, those first few weeks are actually quite cool being able to do that and keep that well to get an opportunity later in the season. And talk about talk about your All Black debut. When did you know? When did you find out that you're going to be involved in the match day side? Um, and then in back the experience itself? Yeah, I got the, again, actually, Gilbert and Oka. Well, actually, I don't think Darren Chen. Chandy, the manager, I think it was Chandy, actually. He um, yeah, reads out the team on a Tuesday morning in the shed and, um, yeah, there was sort of plenty, plenty of nerves as they sort of rolling through the team, getting to, back down to 23, obviously the last guy getting named. So, um, yeah, holding on, to, holding on to hope for that, that whole time. But, yeah, a few fist pumps is what doubt. But, no, nah, um, nah, it was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, pretty exciting. I'd been you know, in the team for three or four weeks and was starting to live a bit itchy. So, it was awesome to get in there and, um it was a sort of a unique game actually with uh, Brisbane being a bit of a bubble week that actually yeah. flies straight from Sydney straight to the ground and then leaves straight after the game. Um, so there was a few logistical things that happened there that were a bit unique and in terms of the game itself really wasn't the, the, the fairy tale you dream of. I ended up getting knocked out and playing about six minutes and we and we lost. So um, there was a bit of a shame at the time. I was a little bit bummed out about it as you said it would be. But yeah, looking back, um, yeah, it was a very special night and uh, look back on you know, doing Hakeo and the national anthem and all those seconds for the first time. Um, something different back on pretty fondly. Yeah, look, obviously um, a little bit of bad luck with the head knock and, and eventually the side lost the game. But to have your debut at a cauldron at Suncourt where there's been so many famous games and Aussie are always so strong, aren't they? If there's ever a time that they knock the All Blacks over, it's often at, often at that ground. So you must have been pretty excited to get your name ready out there. And then obviously hugely disappointing, but you did get on again um, later in the tour to play Argentina, got a couple of tries, and and what a fantastic way to sort of finish the year. You must have been pretty fizzed because, you know, maybe a little bit apprehensive about whether you would have got back on the field again on that tour. Yeah, I was a little bit worried about that, to be honest. Obviously, with the head knock, um, you never quite know when it's going to come right. I think we were lucky that we had a bye the next week, which sort of gave me an extra week to um, get myself right and end up being pretty crucial and I guess in that last game would have been the last game of the year and the first game you know, a little bit of a missed opportunity for myself I just had a mindset to sort of go out there and um, get stuck in and try to get a few touches on the ball and as far as I think they pretty quickly you know, uh, sort of two intercepts in a couple of minutes and yeah certainly looking back it all happened very very quickly but um, yeah, it was awesome to finish the tour I think for the team as a whole you know we had a couple of uh, tough performances over the course of that five to six weeks over in Aussie so to have to finish the tour with a really um, strong 14 performance um, was pretty pleasing so as we sort of got, took the bus back from Newcastle back to Sydney and headed home there's a, a good vibe master group Mate it's a huge amount of pressure for a young man to take on board there's a couple of results that didn't go our, go our way and it's probably your first time you know maybe not personally but to be in an environment where the team is under huge pressure was that been an awesome learning, you know, as you go on and, and you've had big pressure games um, this year in Super Rugby Aotearoa and just basically for your rugby development to get, you know, both ends of the wedge, really. Yeah, a little bit. I think, particularly the All Blacks, is a huge amount of scrutiny, um, you know, across the world and around how the team's performing. So um, when the team does have those couple of losses, you do 
for the Bronze a little bit, and I think it's really important that you're able to bounce back from that. I think that's something the All Blacks have probably prided themselves on over the last few years of that off the back of a loss or a tough game, they respond to well the next week. So that's something that I try to pick up um, from their tours just how the, the older players in the team, how they took on, I guess, the feedback from the loss and um, the learnings you get from that and managed to go out there and put them into a strong performance the next week. And um, for me, that was just about trying to stay as consistent as you can week to week and certainly try to implement um, during this year's comp. Mate, so we've got... Um Super Rugby Trans Tasman kicks off this week. Sounds like we've got a. Sounds like there's a couple of All Blacks games in the schedule against Fiji um, coming up in the middle of the year, and then fingers crossed, it's just the world slowly opens up and there's more and more footy to do yep. with uh, um, with the rugby championship and, and an end of year tour. But for you, mate, is it just about getting better every game? It's just about focusing on the next couple of games in front of you and, and doing the best you possibly can for the Crusaders and see what happens after that. Yeah, I think so. I think particularly. Um you know, I'm playing at fullback at the moment. There's plenty of competition across the across the unit. Like for so Damien played so well, Geordie and uh, Bodie obviously coming back from Japan too. So yeah, for me it's just around week to week, um, trying to be as consistent as I can. It was a goal I sort of set myself at the start of the year was to try not to fluctuate too much and try um yeah, just perform well every week. So that's what I'm still working towards. But um like you said, a huge amount of excitement with Transism opening up and opportunities that presents and um, different challenges so you're looking forward to what the next five six weeks has to hold and uh, hopefully the Crusaders can we can keep rolling and um, look at trophy again and then whatever happens after that um, yeah, we'll see how we go Mate the the form of the fullbacks has been awesome hasn't it like you're in a in a position that's highly competitive but you're also driving each other it must be hugely motivating you want to play really really well and if there's something that's going to um, get you up for a Saturday it's seeing Damien seeing Geordie seeing some of those guys playing to a really high standard yeah, massively. I think it's pretty cool as well. So like me, um, Jordy and Damien were all pretty good mates as well. So um, it's cool after the game being able to catch up with them and have a beer. And there's no sort of animosity or anything like that. Like everyone's just trying to, like you say, everyone's performances to make everyone get better. So um, it's a great thing for New Zealand rugby. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good as well that the boys got a little bit of versatility. Obviously, seen Damien play a little bit of 10, and uh, myself and Jordy have played a bit of wing too. So um, yeah, it's cool to be able to compete with those guys every week and um, yeah, get stuff to Fozzie to see, see how it wants to play it out. Mate, 100%, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Good luck for this new comp. I'm genuinely so excited about it to see um, how the, the teams from each side of the Tasman Fair this weekend. There's some, some real excitement around it and I'm, I'm picking the Australian teams are going to be a lot more competitive than maybe what some of the New Zealand public think. The standard of footy there has been, I think, on an increase. Good luck to you, lads. Um, hopefully, like you say, you can keep the ball rolling, um, and good luck for um, All Black selection later on in the year as well. Hope to see you back in the black jersey and, and playing to the high standard you have been so far this year. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. Appreciate it. Judy, thanks, mate. Just having me on. It's been a pleasure. No worries. And a special thank you to our super agent, Cameron McIntyre, for facilitating this. You know, yeah. He said it was compulsory that his name yeah. was mentioned during the podcast, of course. He'll be looking for his mission fee, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, no That's doubt. Well. I'm sure the uh, bill's in the mail, 100%, mate. Thank you, mate. Um, have yep. a great night and talk soon. Cheers, brother. Sweet. Cheers, mate.